If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got a tremendous three hours coming up for you as we've got a holiday weekend that is going to be filled with football, and we've got a little bit of college basketball as well. Most of it is happening out there in the great state of Hawaii, so we've got a little bit to take a look at for Friday, and we've got a lot of football to come up with for this weekend as I'm going to give you guys what I'm going to be picking in terms of the Circa Millions Contest. That is going to be coming up a little bit later on in the show. I decided to stay away from this Thursday night football game, and I had a little bit of a lean to the Jets. Very fortunate that I did not take that because, well, we saw what happened with the J-E-T-S Jets, 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 which now stands for just end the season once again. So not going great for them, but it is going great for us on this show because the guest list is really going to be getting kicked off in about 15 minutes as we are going to be joined by Rob Pizzola. He is the co-operator and founder of the Hammer Betting Network. He's going to be joining me. We're going to get his thoughts as to whether or not the Jaguars could be able to pull it off to be able to win this division, especially with what we've been seeing in terms of the newswire with the Tennessee Titans now most likely being without Ryan Tannehill for the rest of the year. The Jags, they pick up yet another nice win. I'll be talking about that a little bit more here in a minute, and we're going to be talking about that with Rob along with just everything that we've got on tap for this Week 16 in the NFL Make you guys some money going into Christmas. Our number two, Justin Perry. He does absolutely amazing work over there at Shot Quality Bets. We're going to be talking with him about some college basketball. And 
Those of you guys that like the DK Nation picks, it looks like the Southern Miss versus UNLV under that I gave out yesterday. That is on the precipice of cashing within the next 16 seconds. So a little bit of an update there. Very happy about that. And we're going to look to Justin to try to point us in the right direction with regards to Diamond Classic. We've got a few games for Friday, but want to get more overall takeaways with him. And I know that he's got a little bit of football as well. So we're going to be talking with Justin and our number two and then in our number three, Anthony DeBundo. He does absolutely terrific work over at Action Network. We're going to talk some Premier League because a tradition unlike any other, just after Christmas, you've got some Premier League soccer. And as I always say on this show, money is money. It doesn't matter whether you're betting on the biggest of the big NFL games. It doesn't matter if you're betting on the biggest of the big college basketball games or if you're looking at Jackson State, Stephen F. Austin. If you're looking at Premier League soccer, you're able to go down the list. Any way to be able to cash tickets, I am a fan of. So we're going to be talking about that with Anthony, and we're going to be taking a look at some NFL. And here in this segment, got to be taking a look at what we're going to be perhaps getting in the futures market now in the NFL. Now that the Jacksonville Jaguars, they get it done on Thursday Night Football. They take down the Jets, and Zach Wilson didn't even make it to the end of the game. You know that it's bad when you're getting benched by the old gentleman from South Dakota. And if you took a look at the props they gave out, for Thursday Night Football. The side was completely wrong. I thought that the Jets were going to be able to come out with a little bit more of a spirited effort. That was a bad pick. You always have some of those. You got to call it the good. You got to call it the bad. And that was a terrible read. I thought that the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to be a little bit more effective by the cold. It's like, all right, human elements are coming in. Not going to be great weather. And boy, the only thing that wasn't great was Zach Wilson and company is that was a Turd of a performance. I think that turd is the proper way of putting it, but that said, you now got a Jacksonville Jaguars team that all of a sudden, they are finding themselves very much in a little bit of control over their own destiny as, destiny as they pick up a big win. They're going to probably need a little bit of help here from the Tennessee Titans to be able to get this done, but man, a very good win for them, and I do th always think that it's very interesting to take a look at these playoff races at this point because, I mean, three, four weeks ago, the Jaguars, they were left for dead. We were thinking, man, this team is going to need to get a nice draft pick, be able to build a little bit more around Trevor Lawrence. And then where things really clicked for them was that comeback win against the Baltimore Ravens. They were down seven points with two minutes remaining. For those of you guys that were following Beast and Bets giving, it's a reason why I lost Beast and Bets giving. I had the Baltimore Ravens. I thought when they scored that touchdown, all right, we're going to win this thing. Myself, Jason Kahn, we were doing the whole cheering minions thing, and then the cheering minions turned into sad minions when Trevor Lawrence let his team down the field and were able to generate a big touchdown. And I always think that it's interesting to take a look at those moments because it can really go one of two ways when you have what I would consider to be a season-defining moment like the Jaguars had because you may recall we had one a little bit over a week ago, ironically enough, once again on Thursday Night Football, that Baker Mayfield 98-yard drive against the Las Vegas Raiders. You were thinking from there, all right, this could go one of two ways. Baker Mayfield and the LA Rams had done Jack Diddley squat prior to that drive, but you know what? They were able to get in there late. They were able to just put it all together for that final drive. Now that he's had a little bit more than a week to prepare, is he going to be able to do a little bit more with it? Or was that a little bit of a flash in the pan? Answer, a little bit more of a flash in the pan for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They made sure that that was not just a one-off moment and that they have been able to 
have been able to extend that. And then we've seen that a few other times this year. Like, I still recall the Packers come back against the Dallas Cowboys. I would say that that one was really neither here nor there. You may recall in their next game on Thursday Night Football, they lost to the Tennessee Titans. But now they're starting to get a little bit more online, taking a look at these season-defining drives, these season-defining moments, whether it be a fourth-and-goal stand, a scoop-and-score to be able to end the game. Heck, I think we're going to be really seeing it with the Las Vegas Raiders and the New England Patriots as well. The Patriots losing in the most brutal of brutal ways. And for everyone that is highlighting what we saw in the final play, what was even more brutal is that you had that touchdown go under review and it not get overturned. I mean, even, I think even the uh, Las Vegas Raiders were like, wow, they didn't overturn that touchdown. We will certainly take that. Thank you very much for your contributions for this W, but I do think that just taking a look at everything right about now, it's all coming full circle in terms of the NFL, and we are seeing a lot of division races that are still hanging in the balance. Like, I take a look at the other Southern division, the NFC South. Now, the Buccaneers, if they don't beat Trace McSorley, I think that you should just be relegated down to playing Conference USA football. I mean, Trace McSorley is not any good whatsoever, and I still have my side bet, as some of you guys that tune into the show may know, with our good friend Jason Kahn, an absolutely wonderful producer. I need the Arizona Cardinals to exceed four wins or else I have to do this really stupid, ridiculous TikTok dance. I think in talking with our technical director who was on call a few days ago, Dakota, might need to be the Wednesday dance, but I don't know what the Wednesday dance is. I was thinking perhaps a floss, but we want to avoid that if at all possible. But that division is still out there because you've got four very, very, very mediocre teams and one of them sadly has to make the playoffs You've got just so many opportunities out there and a Saints team that is going to be playing against the Cleveland Browns in a total that is right now sitting right around 32 and a half in a lot of spots. So, you know what, when you get that low of a total, it tells you that neither of those teams are going to be able to generate a lot of offense. And that also tells you that the elements are going to be taking hold as well. But right now in the NFL, I feel like there's more parity than ever before. And it truly is a week to week league. And the way to be able to sift through everything that, we are seeing in the NFL. I do think that you have to throw away a little bit of what we saw towards the beginning of the season. And I'm guilty of this as well, because past few weeks I had been backing the Seattle Seahawks thinking, man, you know what? At the beginning of the season, they were looking very solid. We should continue to back them. I do think that they're going to be able to get online. They have not been able to get online. Meanwhile, you take a look at a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you took a look at their middle of the season because they had that very good win over the LA Chargers. But after that, things had toilet bowled on them. If you take a look at how they played the last four or five weeks, Trevor Lawrence is in the top five, might fall a little bit after this performance just because, well, it's not that it's not that he played bad or anything like that. It was just pedestrian. It was 20 of 31, 229 yards. I do think the biggest set from this game was the fact that he had a zero up, and that would be the number of interceptions. And he threw, meanwhile, Zach Wilson, 9 of 18, pick, three sacks, not great, to say the least. And you know it's bad when Zonovan Knight runs for negative two yards. That was very bad from the New York Jets. And now the Jets look like they are going to be completely out of the playoffs. That was something else I was talking about. Perhaps all three of the teams from the East being able to make the playoffs now you might be in a circumstance where they're going to be lucky to get two with the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills, but 
I do think that that's worth taking a look at. But, I mean, if you dive into what Trevor Lawrence has been able to do here in the last month or so, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He has certainly been able to, as, as he's been able to ascend. And just with this entire league, we are seeing things just be week to week, go completely haywire left and right. And I do think sifting through that and being able to break down some of these splits, I think is very important because sometimes when you take a look at season-long data, yeah, it's nice to know how a team was able to start out, but now we're into December. In this week, we are going to be seeing so many games are affected by weather, and when you take a look at the stats from September, October, they don't have to deal with any of those elements aside from really that monsoon game that we saw week number one with the San Francisco 49ers and the Chicago Bears, one that was very, very much an outlier. You had Trey Lance in that game. Boy, have we evolved from there. And it is really crazy to think of just everything that we saw in week one to now and how far we have come because we were thinking, man, you know what? For the 49ers, who knows how this season is going to be turning out for them? What are they going to be able to do moving forward? They are a completely different team. They've got a new running back. They've got a new quarterback. And those stats that we saw in week number one, they still hold true. So I do think that being able to take a look at that, trying to see who is all being able to build themselves up, who are really starting at the frets, going downward like the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. That's a way to be able to just cut through the noise, be able to find some value. And we always find value with this guest. It's Rob Pizzola. He is the co-founder and really co-operator over there at the Hammer Network. He is going to be joining me next to recap Thursday Night Football and take a look at the rest of the Week 16 NFL slate here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So... 
Listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The college bowl season is here, and VSIN, as you cover, we've got picks on the spread and the total for every single bowl game. Head on over to VSIN.com and check out all of our bowl betting coverage. And while you're there, now's a great time to become a VSIN Pro subscriber for just $79. To get everything that we do now through the big dance, visit vsun.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on vsun, the Sports Betting Network, and great to be joined by our guest, Rob Bazzoli. He's over there at the Hammer Betting Network. He is the co-founder and operator there, and Rob, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, no problem. Thanks for having me, Greg. Thank you for joining me, and we just saw a Thursday night football game that well, it's been a, much like we've seen much of the year in Thursday Night Football, not necessarily the most appealing thing. There was some dramatics with Zach Wilson not being able to finish the game, but what were your overall takeaways from this? Because my biggest one is, for one, Zach Wilson should probably not get a start until he really, really, really throw, shows something, which I don't think is ever. And for two, I think that the Jaguars, with this win, which is one that I felt like they needed, they've got a very real chance to now win this division. I completely agree with you. I think the Jags are uh, are definitely live, especially when you look at the schedule. They basically control their own fate, right? They have the game against the Texans, and then they'll have the Tennessee Titans as well. And the Titans, uh, we don't know, but it seems like Ryan Tannehill is probably not playing another game this season uh, with the injury that he has suffered. So uh, Jaguars are very live, and they've really gotten better over the latter half of the year. They've been, uh, I mean, they were off to a slow start last week against Dallas, but overall the offense has been consistent. We're starting to see the generational talent that everyone thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be come to fruition. And Zach Wilson on the other end, I, I mean, I think his days as a quarterback, starting quarterback in the league are done. Uh, just a brutal performance. Uh, I found it pretty surprising, Greg, for a second week in a row that we saw the market come in on the Jets over the course of the week. Uh, it was very interesting last week at home to, to the Lions where, um, you know, Zach White was, uh, uh, was announced out and Mike White, excuse me, was announced out and money moved in onto the lines right away. But there was some buyback later on in the week on Zach Wilson. And uh, I think that's back to back weeks now where some sharps, um, you know, they, they, they get the, you know, two losses, and the, the closing line value. But like, it, it's just Zach Wilson, like he's not cut, cut out for this league anymore. 
Well, you know what? If you put Zach Wilson and Mike White together, maybe you'll actually get a good quarterback. And that's something that the Jets could really use because, man, it has been relatively rough for them. And I know that we were just talking about the Tennessee Titans, and this is obviously a critical game for them. And you just mentioned it. The Jets, they were able to see some support, so we've seen some fading of the AFC South themes this week. And right now for the Titans, they're between about a three to a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Most of the lines that we're seeing are threes with juice with a total of between 35 and 35 and a half one of the lowest totals we've seen in a very long time since that Saints game that we're going to be seeing this week as well but what do you make out of this spot because the one thing that I do take a look at is that the Titans have always seemed to play well against the Texans a Texans team that you know is not going to roll over but I do think that this could be a week in which the Titans are able to get by with a quarterback in Malik Wilson that has already knocked off the Texans once yeah, so I agree with you here. I think there's been like a, a, a little bit of an overcorrection in this market this week. These teams played, and Malik Willis got the start in that game. The Titans won 17-10. The Titans were laying three on the road at the Houston Texans in that game, and now they're essentially laying an inflated or juiced three at home. Uh, a little bit of a correction there, in my opinion, and it's been too much. With the Houston Texans, people are just seeing them as a lively team now. Uh, obviously, they got the, the very close loss to the Dallas Cowboys. But last week's game against the Kansas City Chiefs was incredibly misleading, like incredibly misleading. The Chiefs had over 500 yards of total offense in that game. The Texans had just 219 yards of total offense, but penalties really worked out in their favor with the, the Kansas City Chiefs committing 11 in that game overall. So uh, I think Tennessee is going to be able to run the ball. That's been the consistent theme. Last five times that they've played the Houston Texans, Derrick Henry's averaged 196 yards per game. In those five games, I think Malik Willis could hand off here. And uh, I do like the minus three, minus 120. I think that's a little bit short. I agree with you. And you just mentioned it. And in the time span that we saw that game played compared to now, the Texans have not won a single game. So that is a little bit befuddling. They're essentially saying that on a home field, in terms of if you take a look at home field advantage, that this is about a five-ish point move, depending upon how you value home field and I can't necessarily agree with that. And this is one of those games that does have a low total. And before we dive into any of these other games, I just want to get your thoughts on these super low totals that we're seeing this week, because much of the United States right now seeing some not so great weather, whether it be snow, whether it be very, very cold conditions. Do you think that the totals for this week in terms of a lot of these 35s, we're seeing the 32 and a half in that Saints versus Cleveland Browns game. Do you think that these are on point or do you think that maybe there's been a little bit too much of a move down on them it's very difficult to say because we don't really have a ton of these games where we can draw enough conclusions out of them I, I think the market has reacted correctly to these like if we look at New Orleans and Cleveland this is very much going to mirror that Monday night football game between the Patriots and Bills last year where you have just extreme wins where it's nearly impossible to throw the ball now other games you're dealing with Decent amount of winds, you know, 15 to 20 miles an hour, but cold temperatures and cold temperatures does, they do have an impact on scoring. It's not to the same effect as super gusty winds, but typically the colder the game, the lower scoring it's going to be. So we have seen just like one way action on a lot of, a lot of these totals, including tonight uh, between the Jets and the Jags. And, and that game didn't really have the inclement weather that people thought there was going to be. There was no like torrential downpour or anything in that game, but we still saw it be very low scoring. So, um, Tough for me to really back and over in these colder conditions this week, unless I feel like it's gone, you know, extremely too far. But for the most part, I think the conditions warrant the the, the under money that's come in this week. And uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of underdogs this week, Greg, in, in some of these games, purely because I think you take away the passing games from some of these teams and uh, the difference between the favorites and the dogs in these games is not all that much. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that we have been pointing out a little bit this Saints versus Cleveland Browns game because most places they have this total currently at a 32. And you just mentioned it. It's going to be darn near impossible to be able to throw the ball. What team do you think that gives a little bit more of an advantage to? Because both of these teams have solid running games. You've got a Saints team that has Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb. We know what he's able to do for the Cleveland Browns. And now having Deshaun Watson back the fold, he's a guy that's able to move around with his legs as well. Where do you stand on this game? Because I do think that it's a very difficult handicap. I I think I like the Saints in this game because, you know, where the market's at right now is three for the most part. And you now need the Browns to win by four to win a bet if you're betting on Cleveland in a game where the total's 32. I don't think that, like, when you remove the, the element of passing in the game, there's just not that much separating these two teams. And in particular with New Orleans, you look at where they've struggled on defense this year, it's been their pass rush. That's been the kryptonite for them. They can't get at the quarterback. But now all of a sudden, you take away the weakness of the Saints' defense, and I think that they're much more competitive overall. On top of that, New Orleans has a weapon in Taysom Hill that I think is going to be hard to game plan against. But if it's just two teams running the ball at one another for the vast majority of the game, it's hard to say that one should be a field goal favorite over the other. Uh, I think that this game should be closer to the one and a half point range. Um, I like the Saints here. I just don't think that this is a game conducive to one team being able to build up a win by a margin. Yep, I am in agreement with you here, and I do think that this is going to be a good week for underdogs just because winning by margin when you've got totals that are sub 40, that is very difficult to do. And when it comes to this game, it's just one where I take a look at this number being north of three, and I think that that's a big key. It's the Giants and the Minnesota Vikings because the last time the Vikings won by more than one score, you have to go back to week one. It's absolutely ridiculous what we've been seeing with the Vikings pulling out all these close games with the Vikings, it's interesting to take a look at the market react to the biggest comeback we've ever seen in regular season football history. Where do you stand on this game? Because if this number were three, honestly, I think that that would be right online. Anything north of three for me was a play on the Giants. I agree with you. I, so I make the Vikings a three and a half point favorite in this game. And now I've been fading the Vikings for a long time. So this won't come as a surprise to people that my numbers lean opposite them again this week. Uh, but we did see some signs of life from the Giants offense last week. Saquon Barkley actually looked healthy for the first time in a long time. And particularly the way the Giants run their offense is a ton of play action passing. If you look at Minnesota's defense this year, they're 28th in success rate against play action. They're 31st in EPA per play against play action. So they've been burned that, by that style of offense this year. Then on the other side of things, you got Kirk Cousins going up against the team that blitzes more than any other team in the NFL. And that's particularly important because Kirk Cousins has had some pretty drastic splits throughout his career when he's not blitzed versus when he is blitzed. And you look at his completion percentage, it falls off. Uh, You look at his yards per attempt this year, when he's not blitzed, it's seven and a half yards per attempt. When he is blitzed, it's 5.6. And you look at PFF's grades for starting quarterbacks this year, 22nd out of 32 starting quarterbacks when he has faced a blitz. So I just can't get quite get there. I'm not sold on the Giants either. They're a team that I would, you know, I'd love to fade uh, in a lot of situations. However, uh, there's really not that much separating these two teams, and I don't trust Minnesota to win by margin. So I agree with you here, uh, Greg. I, I think the Giants are worth the look. Yep, it's always difficult when you got two teams that you love to fade going up against each other. And it's like, oh boy, what do I do here? But 
What we're going to be doing next segment is talking a little bit more with Rob Pizzola. does a great job with Hammer Betting Network, and we're going to be taking a look at the rest of this week's week 16 slate here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zenicity Pouches, which is a surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine pouches are either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you are looking for, but Zen nicotine pouches, they might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store that is nearest you. That is at Zen.com. Z-Y-N.com today. Warning, this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Great to be rejoined by Rob Pizzola. Does a great job with his own podcast, the Circle of Stops podcast. You're able to find that wherever you get your podcast. And he's the co-founder over there at the Hammer Betting Network. And Rob, let's take a look at a game that is going to be going down Christmas Day on Sunday with the Packers and the Miami Dolphins going at it. We're hearing all about, oh, could the Packers win out, be able to make the playoffs, what have you. And we've been hearing a lot of bad about the Miami Dolphins. And that narrative has driven the line down just a little bit here as we're right now finding the Dolphins in between a three and a half to a four point favorite. And I'm someone that I grew up in the state of Wisconsin. And I know that it's great that the Packers have won their last two games. They were against bad competition. And I'm more inclined to lay the points here with the Miami team that has been on the road for a very long time. And it feels like a really good spot for them, especially even though they didn't win. They looked really good against the Bills. I agree. I thought that was one of the best games of the year all around. Just two really good teams going back and forth. Um, that, that was a fantastic football game. Now we deal with a weather, a game here that's not impacted by weather this week, which is nice. And I really like the matchups for both offenses against the opposing defenses. So we've seen the total bet up a little bit this week. It's gone from 49 up to 50. I still think there's actually room on the over here. So I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Packers defense to slow down this Miami offense. Uh, ever since Rashawn Gary has gone down, for the season and been put on IR green Bay's really been struggling to generate pressure on the defensive side of the ball. And because of that, they've had to blitz a lot more and that's just not how you face Tua. Uh, Tua is one of the best quarterbacks in the league against the blitz. He has extremely good numbers this year, 9.1 yards per attempt, six touchdowns, no picks because he gets the ball out of his hands quickly to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And then they just do the rest. So I think Miami's going to score in this game. Now it's a question of whether or not they can stop the opposing offense I'm a little bit optimistic about Green Bay's offense going forwards because now they have the full complement of receivers um, it's a very limited sample size but if you look at Green Bay's numbers when both uh, like one or of Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson has not been on the field this year uh, Aaron Rodgers has a 6.7 yards per attempt 44 percent success rate when you look at the numbers with them both on the field this year Aaron Rodgers has a 10.1 yards per attempt 59% success rate. So he's been significantly better when he's had the full complement of receivers. I don't trust the Dolphins defense enough to lay the points with them because I could easily see the Packers getting in the back door here. But I do think both offenses will score. And I like the over in this game, Greg. Yep, I could certainly see that. And with Christian Watson being able to step up for the Green Bay Packers, that has been absolutely massive for them. They tried out Sammy Watkins and well, 
Sammy Watkins didn't make it on the roster for the entirety of the season, so that was not too terrific. Here's a game that I am just completely befuddled by, and we were talking about a game a little bit before in which it's like, man, we want to fade both of these teams. Here's the ultimate two teams I love to be able to fade sort of game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Arizona Cardinals. With Trace McSorley now being the quarterback of the Cardinals, they are a seven-and-a-half-point home underdog. This is a game that I just don't know whether to make heads or tails of. I don't know if you've got any sort of a play here, but I absolutely don't want to back Trace McSorley. And with what I've seen out of the Bucks this year, I absolutely don't want to lay seven-and-a-half points with Tampa Bay either. I agree with everything you just said, but I think Tampa Bay is a very viable teaser option this week. Um, you know, just needing Tampa Bay to essentially win the game and not having to win by margin is pretty exciting for me when you consider that the Cardinals are basically have a makeshift offensive line. Four of their starting offensive linemen from the first game of the season are on IR. They have three players out at corner, so they're dealing with cluster injuries at cornerback, down to a third-string quarterback against, you know, it's one thing for just to be Trace McSorley, but you have Todd Bowles on the other side who has excelled in his career against these young quarterbacks that just don't have a whole lot of talent. I don't think Arizona is going to score a whole lot in this game. You just have to avoid that Bucks blow up like we saw last week against the Bengals. Frankly, the Bucks played a very good first half in that game, and then it just completely fall apart. fell apart. They turned the ball over on five straight possessions. Arizona's not the kind of team like Cincinnati that's going to be super uh, you know, opportunistic. So from a teaser leg, you have a very low total. I think it's very, very likely that Tampa Bay ends up winning this game. And there's a lot of other potential teaser leg possibilities this week where you can tease up or down. Uh, I think the Bucks. You know, they they win this game quite often. So uh, I don't think they're in danger of losing it. I'd throw them in some teasers this week. And what teaser legs do you think might be the best ones to be able to pair them up with? Because we've got a pair of teams that are between two and two and a half point underdogs in the Las Vegas Raiders and the Carolina Panthers. Those are more of your traditional ones where you're going through the three and you're going through the seven. Are there any others that you might possibly consider? Yeah, so I mean, I'll be completely honest with the audience. I, I don't like the Panthers against the spread in that game. I don't like the Raiders against the spread in that game. I don't like the Rams as two and a half point dogs in that game. So all of your traditional teaser pairings would be ones that I'm not super comfortable with. Uh, in hindsight, Jacksonville probably would have been the play tonight, but you could tease Buffalo down if you liked, uh, and that would qualify in like the Wong teaser category as well. Personally, if I had to play one of the bunch, it's probably the Raiders. I don't see too many scenarios where the Steelers are just completely blowing another team out. I do think the Steelers are underrated and their defense can cause havoc, but asking them to win by margin with Kenny Pickett in cold weather, probably not the case. Uh, with a total of 38 and a half right now, that's a that's a pretty strong teaser pairing, the Raiders. Yep, I do think that with Kenny Pickett needing to win by margin, that's not necessarily something that you really want there. And with the Las Vegas Raiders, I mean, to their credit, they've been able to get up in most of their games. They've had a tough time being able to hold on to a double-digit lead, but they've been able to get up in a lot of their games. So uh, if you take a look overall, they've been able to do a halfway decent job there. So I'm in agreement with you on that front. And I think that this has been just an intriguing game and one where we've seen the line go down, and I think that it's been the correct move. I'm talking about the Atlanta Falcons and the Baltimore Ravens. This was a line that for much of the week we were seeing at 7.5, and I just felt like, that was a game that at best the Ravens win by a touchdown, if not a little bit worse. Now we've seen it come down to six half. 
not a fan of Desmond Ritter to say the least, but I just question what you're going to be able to get out of this Ravens team moving forward because you've got the Lamar Jackson injury. He's probably not going to be under percent in this game, assuming that he is able to go. And with the Atlanta Falcons, this team has been rather feisty. They've been able to do a little bit more on defense than I was expecting. This still feels like a little bit too much value on a Ravens team that there's a lot of unknowns on that offense. So this is one of those games where it's it's not like your traditional teaser pairing. I don't ever recommend, you know, teasing down six and a half. But if you wanted to play like a Ravens-Bucks money line parlay instead, I think that's not a bad option. Like, I feel confidently that the Ravens will win this game, but I don't know that I'm confident enough to back them to win by a lot of points. And, you know, you look at Baltimore-Cleveland last week. I think that was a bit, you know, I bet the Browns in that game. I won that bet. It was a little bit of a misleading game. The Ravens punted one time in that game. Justin Tucker missed a couple field goals. Things didn't really work out in their favor. But overall, I watched the full Atlanta game last week uh, after it went final. It was part, it's part of my Monday routine to rewatch games. I thought Desmond Ritter looked really, really bad. Uh, struggled uh, against the Saints big time, a team that doesn't generate much pressure. Uh, 13 of 26 for 97 yards. That's one of the league's worst pass defenses. And now... You look at what Atlanta wants to do on offense. They want to run the ball and work to play action, but you cannot run the ball on the Ravens defense. And even, you know, ever since they require, uh, acquired Roquan Smith there on that defense, they've had one of the best run defenses in the entire league. So I don't see the path to success for the Falcons offense. They might be able to shut down the Ravens offense because the Ravens don't have any explosive players. Uh, Devin Duvernay goes down this week as well. The receiving core is the worst in the entire league. But I think ultimately they're able to pull it out just because I don't think Atlanta can score in this game. Um, again, a crazy low total across the board this week, down to 35 now as well. Uh, but no strong opinion on the side, just that I think Ravens' money line is probably a little bit undervalued at minus 260. I'm not saying go out and just bet the minus 260 uh, if you're not comfortable with risk, but throw it in a parlay, and I think that's a decent option. Yeah, it feels like we're handicapping a bunch of Army-Navy games at this point with having to <laughs> handicap bunch of totals that are like 32, 35. You're able to go down the list, and we've got about 45 seconds left. What do you make of the Philadelphia Eagles and Dallas Cowboys game now that we've got, for sure, Gardner Minshew starting for the Philadelphia Eagles and a four-and-a-half-point underdog with the Eagles? I think with the Eagles, what people have to be concerned about is that not only Gardner Minshew, but just them possibly shutting it down the rest of the way. Like, I think at this point for the Eagles, it's about getting to the playoffs healthy. You know, even Dallas Goddard was back last week. They barely used him. Avante Maddox has been activated from IR. They're not using him. I think this Eagles team is just in the mindset of like, let's, you know, not have any catastrophic injuries. Let's go into the playoffs healthy. So I know the Eagles have taken some more money today. I don't agree with that. I think this is a game where they could possibly get blown out, even though I think highly of Minshew as a backup. Uh, I just don't know about the Eagles mindset going forward. And it's been interesting to see this go from six to four and a half. And Rob, I know that he does great work over there at Hammer Network. He is the co-founder of that fine network. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at some college basketball here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday... I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Lace up your cleats with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook and gear up because it is college bowl season. Log in to Bet Rivers every single game day, and on behalf of Bet Rivers, you'll get a wager place for you if you make one at at least $25. Bet Rivers has the latest lines, odds, and boosts to be able to create the perfect college game day experience. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to be able to get in on all the action as. It is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Big thanks to Rob Pizzola over there at Hammer Betting Network. He joined me in the last segment, and it was great to be able to get him aboard. Fortunately, I know that there's a pair of bowl games because I just did a college football read for Friday. I just do not have anything in terms of Louisiana versus Houston along Wake Forest versus Missouri. But that said, we've got you guys covered with some college basketball. We'll be talking quite a bit of college basketball in our number two, Justin Perry, over there at Shot Quality Bets. He is going to be joining me, so we're going to have a good time with that. Going to be a lot of college basketball and a lot of NFL on the show tonight. And 
We've got to dive in with a little bit of college basketball that we are going to be seeing for Friday as we're starting to see a few openers get posted in terms of the Diamond Egg Classic. As I'm doing this right now, we don't know who is going to be the pairings in the final two games. I would think that Hawaii is going to be able to get the job done as I do this. They're up 49-36 to 36 in the second half with about 14 minutes remaining, but I will keep you guys abreast there as it is going to be Iona versus Seattle, SMU, Utah State. I'll be getting those games a little bit later on the show as DraftKings has posted a number, but I'm not seeing anyone other than DraftKings who has posted a number. So we'll let that marinate a little bit more, but the extra games, they do provide a little bit of value. Unfortunately, if you're out there in the state of New Jersey, you're not going to be able to get down on the Bucknell versus Rutgers game as uh, the state of New Jersey does not allow for that. But we do have this game of 306 777, 306 778 between Bucknell and Rutgers. Rutgers home team. And between a 19 and a half to a 20 point favorite, opened up a 20 point favorite. And your tallest game is in between 131 and a half and 132. And with Rutgers, I did set them as a 19 and a half point favorite. So some of the 20s that we have been seeing, that is my buy point on Bucknell in the spot. Bucknell, a team that has really throttled down this year. Bucknell, for the last few years, has been a team that they just play with their hair on fire, they play incredibly fast. They're now in the bottom 75 nationally in terms of total possessions per game. So I do think that it's been quite wild to see what we've gotten there. And it's a Bucknell team that last year, they were one of your better three-point shooting teams. They were in the top 45 nationally in terms of three-point shooting percentage. And they've been able to do much of that this season as well, even at a little bit of a slower tempo. Bucknell, 29th in the country in terms of three-point shooting percentage. Now, the big water or cold water thrown on the fire of that is the fact that you've got a Rutgers team that they rank fourth at all of college basketball in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis and this is even with missing quite a few of their key guys throughout the season as Caleb McConnell who I would argue is one of the best on-ball defenders in all of college basketball he's been rock solid being able to give you 1.7 steals right around 10 or so points per game he missed half the season. He's back in the fold. They were also dealing with Paul Mouquet, who was out with an injury. Not a guy that's going to go out there and score you a lot of points. More around like six, seven points per contest. But he doles out a few assists. He gives you a steal or two. Just a rock-solid player in general for this Rutgers team. And it's going to be a Bucknell bunch who has seen one of their main scores before because Bucknell is out there in the Patriot League. Cam Spencer, he came in from the Patriot League, and he has been absolutely tremendous for this Rutgers team. He's generating darn near three steals per game, three and a half assists. He's able to shoot over 40% from three-point range. He has been terrific, and for Bucknell, they are going to have his, their hands full down low as you've got Andre Screen along with Alex Zimmerman. Every Andre gets called Andre 3000 on this show because he is awesome. So Andre 3000 Screen along Timmerman, they combine for 13 rebounds. They give you both a little bit over a block per game. Both of these guys are giving you double figures. But the big thing that I think is going to be able to keep Bucknell in this game is that Xander Rice has been able to do a great job of bombing it from three-point range. He has given you 16 points, four assists, a steal on a little bit over 41% three-point shooting. And then Alvin Evans, the fourth, Got to think that we're going to see a little bit of regression here, but he's currently shooting 52% from three-point range. He has been white hot, and now they get Jack Forrest back in the fold. When he was a freshman during that 2020-21 strange season, he was able to average 10.5 points per game. Currently shooting 50% from three. Two games, very small sample size. That should iron out a little bit, but that does add a little bit more of an element to this Bucknell backcourt, which has been relatively solid. They've been in need of a little bit of depth. They're now able to get that. Cliff Amarui should be able to take Mr. Screen and Timmerman to task. He's been able to get the team nine and a half rebounds per game, but it's a Bucknell bunch that they're much improved this season. I do like the way that 
They haven't been, well, completely terrible on defense. They're now 160th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. It's not as if they're lighting the world on fire, but, I mean, it's a big difference giving up 98.5 points per 100 possessions compared to what we saw last year. 111.9 points per 100 possession. So I do think that Bucknell is going to be able to hold up here, and I do think that with Bucknell really throttling down, this is going to lead to a bit of a lower total. I set mine at a 126, so I'm going to be willing to go under with Rutgers. Made them an 18.5 point favorite, so if you get a 20 available to you, that would be my buy point on Bucknell. If we see this get steamed down, then you're going to start to get a little bit of value on Rutgers. And then another game that we're going to be seeing for this Friday is unfortunately the Grambling versus Wisconsin game got canceled. They didn't say why. That little bit strange there, but well, we're not going to get it. But we are going to get another Big Ten team in the fray as Indiana is going to be playing us Kennesaw State. This is 306, 779, 306, 780. You've got Indiana as between a 19 and a half to a 20 point favorite. You've got a total of anywhere between 141 and a half and 142. And I do think that it's interesting to take a look at Indiana totals because they're playing much more up-tempo this year than they did last season. Last season, they were a bit more of a slow team. And this season, they do rank right around 100th in terms of possessions per game, a little bit higher than that. Meanwhile, you've got a Kennesaw State team. We give our ode to Lane Kiffin, go Owls. They are more around 180th in this category. And for Kennesaw State, they do have quite a few guys that they are able to light it up from three-point range. And it is a Kennesaw State team that they've got a lot of experience. Now, we've seen Kennesaw State in step-up games have a little bit of a rough go of it. Their most recent one against San Diego State. They lost that game by kind of 88 to 54. That was not necessarily too terrific. But when it comes to this Indiana bunch, what I think is very important to note is that Trace Jackson Davis, he missed the team's last game when they were taking on Elon, and I, they were fine without him. No doubt that makes you take down their value a little bit, and they're going to be without Xavier Johnson as well. Xavier Johnson, he's out for an extended amount of time. He had surgery, so you are not going to be seeing him in the fray. But for Indiana, even if Trace Jackson Davis is not playing this game, which I am fully expecting, you still got Malik Renu. He was a top 50 freshman who has come in. He's been able to do a nice job down low, giving you five-plus rebounds. He's able to be a solid player on offense in that game against Elon. In 15 minutes, he had nine points and seven rebounds. So he's very solid. And Race Thompson is still just really good in his own right as well. He had a double-double in that Elon game overall. Nine points, six rebounds, pretty much in the shadow of Trace Jackson Davis. And you still have Jalen Hood Shafino in the backcourt for this team as well. Now, he needs to get things dialed up, and this is going to be a little bit of a tune-up for him. In that game against Elon, he had five out of the team's 13 turnovers, but he's a guy that's able to stuff the statute in a wide variety of ways. A freshman that I do like, 10 points, four and a half boards, four and a half assists per game. She's about 35.5% from three-point range. You can tell that when he was out of the fold for those few games, the team had their struggles, so... I do think that it is very important that they get him back in there. And I do think that Indiana, much like they did against Elon, they're probably going to be doing some tinkering, taking a look at the roster. And for Kennesaw State, it is very important that they're able to can some threes to be able to stay in this game because that really is the calling card for Kennesaw State. They don't have a lot of size down low whatsoever. I think that they get completely dominated. Brandon Stroud, he's able to give you 7.5 points, 6.5 boards, and he is the only guy in this roster that gives you more than 4.3 rebounds per game. And as a matter of fact, you've got... Two guys. I give you more than 3.6 rebounds per game. The other guy is Chris Youngblood. He's a guard with not necessarily a lot of size. 14 points. Shooting 45.5% from three. And all in all, this is a Kennesaw State team that last year they were relatively rock solid. This year, they're shooting 37.8% from three-point range. As a collective, Terrell Burton, who's the main point guard of the team, he gives out four assists. He's been shooting 55.5% from three. Now, 
I'm telling you right now that it's probably going to be going southward. This is an Indiana squad that does a relatively solid job on defense. Indiana has actually been efficient on offense as well. They're ranking in the top 40 nationally in terms of both points scored and points allowed on a per-possession basis. For Kennesaw State, offense has been relatively fine. Defense is right now leaving quite a bit of something to be desired. They're outside of the top 200 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. I do think that things get throttled down a little bit more. I do think that Indiana going to look to rein it in a little bit more with their defense. We saw that game against Elon. Things got a little bit out of hand late, but they were able to do a good job of holding down that Elon bunch as they held them down throughout much of the first half before it pretty much became open gym in that game. So I do think that Indiana going to look to get back to their defensive ways that we saw towards the beginning part of the season. I'm going to take the under, set Indiana as a 23.5 point favorite, so I'm going to be laying it with them. And that leads us into our VEASAN Pro Tip for this hour. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of these. When it comes to gauging the NFL, you want to be sort of taking a look at splits throughout the entirety of the season, especially when things like injuries, a pivotal game, what have you, happen because this typically leads to a team playing a little bit different moving forward, and it's hard to take a lot of credence into what happened in week one now that we're here in week 16. And in hour number two of the Greg Peterson experience, I'm going to give you guys my DK Nation pick for college basketball here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.